just fall into a dream. My next guest is the reason why League City has one going on two dog parks and also runs the family business that is a hidden gem in the Houston area, if not definitely the League City area, Mel Lowe. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Is that a yeah. do that? Okay. I good. love that. That's perfect. Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was a it was a mouthful. I really wanted to say entrepreneur, but I feel like I always trip up on that one. Oh, well, you did great. Thank you so much. So for the League City Dog Park, uh, I think a lot of people, you've told me, a lot of people really want to know how you guys got that going so quick. And what was the reason, more importantly, my curiosity, you're like, we need to get this done. Dogs need a park in League City, and I'm going to be the one that makes it happen. Um, well, reason number one is I, I got a dog. <laughs> I yeah. rescued a dog. And uh, despite the fact that she is as lazy as a rug, literally, she does not play with anything. She eats, sleeps, and that's about it. Um, I just realized that there's this whole community of people, especially my generation, the 30 and under, who have waited to get married, waited to have kids, and we just rescue dogs. And uh, we needed a community. And the pet industry, specifically the dog industry, has turned into a billion dollar industry. And people just love to do stuff with their dogs. Even if they have kids, if they have a family, they're doing stuff with their dogs. And uh, Lake City is the largest city in the Galveston County area, and we had nothing. Mm. So we needed to step it up and you know get with the rest of the program. I need to know what kind of for babies you have, by the way. Okay, so um, I, my husband came with a mini Aussie. She's a toy Aussie. She's supposed to be about 25 pounds, but she had Parvo as a puppy and had a lot of complications. So she's about 12 pounds. She's the size of my cat. Um, and then I have, and she's a red Merle, Australian Shepherd. And I have a, what we assume is a, an Australian Shepherd. I rescued her and like the paperwork from that rescue was just like crazy wrong. There's a whole lot of red flags, but I got my dog. Um, and she's about a 50 pound, she's a little husky. She's got a big rib cage, Australian <laughs> shepherd, but they look just like each other. They're the same red Merle color, total oh, opposite really cool. though. What are the chances of that same color? That's cool. <laughs> it's, it's how I met my husband. <laughs> yeah. He walked up with that dog one day and the rest was history. So you had said that the reason, one of the reasons why you wanted to get that park was because adults that have dogs who are single want to go to a dog park and lo and behold, that's yeah. how you met your match. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually before, uh, do you want me to go into that? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it was before we opened the dog park. I threw a yappy hour at a sports bar, which is actually just down the street from my boutique in Lake City. What's a yappy hour? Okay, way? yappy hour is a happy hour for people who can bring their little yappy puppies along. <laughs> Play on words. That's what I do for our um, association. I handle um, all of the social media and the marketing. So it's my job to come up with the, the fun event names. How but, to get them in there. Yeah. So we did a yappy hour, um, June 29th, 2017. It was um, about five months before the park actually opened. What, uh, what restaurant allows for that down there? <laughs> <laughs> Great area. So, <laughs> all of Galveston County does not allow you to have your dogs, um, even on the patios, unless they are a service dog. 
And they got really strict with that rule on uh, in Galveston, like on the Strand area, right around the time that we started doing this. So I pretty much called every bar in Lake City saying, if we put the invitation to say, to not necessarily say, bring your dog, but dog owners know, oh, I can bring my dog to this. Would you be willing to let us use your patio? And there was um, one sports bar right in the middle of Lake City in the downtown historic is district that's beautiful. It was Chuck's sports bar. He's not there anymore. Um, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And <laughs> I got to meet with him beforehand and he put lights up for us and everything. And he was but it is a really great area. Everybody's always asking, well, where can we bring our dogs? And, you know, I don't want to say the other places in Lake City that will allow it because, you know, health districts, they're yeah. kind of mean. But yeah. that's, I have been trying to work on that and get other people involved in that. I was going to ask about that because in the greater Houston area, it seems it's very prevalent that a lot of bars do that. Yeah. How come you think Galveston is behind the times on that? And what is it going to take? to overturn that. So I'm a conservative, not going to lie, but Galveston County is a good old boy um, county. And there are um, commissioners and everything. They've all been in their positions for a little too long <laughs> and not really open to change. Um, we before actually during the time we were trying to get the city to approve the dog park, we were also um, working with the county. We were taking any route that we could to get it approved because it took 11 years for any one of them to say yes let's do this so we were working with the county at the same time that we were working on the city on two separate things and the county you have all these commissioners from these districts and they all had to be on the same page and there was just they just don't i mean i don't want to say bad about our politicians but they could be doing so much more with our tax dollars for the amenities that people move from other states other parts of the state to our area specifically for our isds and our amenities so let's take care of them so you see it as an additional attraction for people from greater houston area to come down to league city absolutely when uh we started this process which was about four years ago um the if you went to har to search for where you wanted to move the number four most desired item with those people that were searching on har.com was dog park Wow. Yeah. And every survey that we've done in Lake City for the past seven, eight years, the top, I want to say top seven in the top seven was always a dog park. So the, the people wanted it. We got, we started doing a petition and we didn't actually have to turn the signatures in because the petition got the ball rolling and um, our social media presence to get the voice going. We probably got 15,000 signatures. And at that time we had just under 100,000 um, citizens. Wow. That's that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you said, did you say before it originally took this time span was 11 years? So there were several groups working before us um, and it, they had been working for 11 years. And I'm not quite sure how um, involved they were, how active they were, because it was not really something I had gotten involved in. It wasn't until I got my dog that I was like, well, let's do this. Right. So it, it was a long battle before you even got involved. What, yeah. The deal. Sorry. Stuck on that 11 years. So where in that process did you join? Um, so those were different groups and we joined um, so probably in that 10 year I didn't mark. mean join because I know the association yeah, yeah. you created. Our before. association was created right around that 10 year mark. And it was, we had some people who had previously tried to work on it, but 
I think one of the reasons that maybe it didn't necessarily succeed in the past was because there was, um, I don't know how to, I don't want to sound bad in saying this, but there was a lot of, we had to think way outside the box and figure out how to get this deal going on and then work on this deal because that may not be working. And so the group that we had created were such motivated, amazing, mostly women, and we're really appreciative for them. And there was just so many wheels spinning at the same time. Um, and I think maybe the previous groups before that just didn't have the right group of people. Right. And so, you know, you, they would start one thing and that wouldn't be approved and or they were only specifically looking at one location because location was the biggest battle we've ever had. Location is the biggest battle. Why is that? <sighs> it really it comes down to tax dollars oh, okay. and the citizens and um, the city kind of being stingy. So you have to remember, this is the first park in uh, Lake City yeah. that it was not specifically designed for humans. And with the good old boy kind of aspect that we have down down in Lake City, it's well, it's about the kids. It's about the school. It's about, you know, the 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 kids basically and so people just the city council and a lot of other people who had very strong voices on social media against us could not fathom a park that didn't benefit children and like who in the world is going to show up to a park with just their dog ask the thousands and thousands of people who go there every week so it it was trying to get the the land approved and just the idea of allowing us to do it which was the biggest thing and then the land and we're not going to do it here well that's a public owned park so technically we can no we don't want you it's just a battle big battle and we went through several locations how many locations total if you can remember how many iterations of getting excited about a location did it take um about four two of them we were working with the county at the same time um the other one was a um it was a it's really interesting how this worked out so we were working with the parks department and we were working with the parks board which my mom is now actually um she's the other co-founder with me at the association she now serves on the parks board which is really good because you know we need more parks in our town but um previous to that we had worked on two locations with the county and that just was not working and so we found this park um, which has actually been a sore issue in our city for a long time that i wasn't aware of and we poked the bear on it where it was a, it used to be an HOA owned park and it was, it's one of the oldest neighborhoods in Lake City and um, they could not keep up with their park anymore and their pool, their pool had been um, filled in long, long before we came along. And so they sold it back to the city so that they didn't have to keep responsibility for it. And so that is now a public owned park about half a mile into a subdivision. And so that, it was huge, huge grassy area. There's a lot of problems that go on with it because it is an older neighborhood and it's not maintained. So there's drug paraphernalia, you know, um, graffiti and stuff. So we thought, wow, wouldn't this be great to clean up your park and keep the mischief down because pet owners that go to a park are responsible. They, they really are, despite what some people think who are against us. Um, so we were battling that and, oh my God, we did a meeting out there with some of our board members just to like plan and everything. And we had people come out and pick it. And they pick, I'm telling you, signs. What? <laughs> and I'm like, 
parents, my like grandparents' age, people my grandparents' age, surrounded us at a picnic table with these signs, and I have a video of it somewhere on the dog park page, and they're screaming, "We don't want your trash here! You can't be here!" And I was like, "Well, wait a minute, it's trash? A it's a public park, so yes, I can be here. So don't even start on that." And then one of them, I know, I turned around at some point and said, "Does your grandson know you're here?" Because like he was just being so obstinate. We ended up having to call the police because we were at a picnic table. And they had surrounded us and they wouldn't let us leave. So we ended up calling the police and the police are like, look, you old geezers need to leave. Oh, <laughs> Just let I them have a public that. meeting in a public park. Go stand on the sidewalk if you oh, don't want gosh. it. But while that whole battle was going on, the city came to our association and said, hey, we have the old water treatment facility in Link City. Um, we still need access to the big like valve or whatever they have to get into. But we have almost five acres that we could fence. And it's already plumbed and the park is already maintained by staff. So how about we do this? So we had a bunch of our haters focused on what was going on in this small park while we did that. And right under their noses, oh, man. <laughs> it got done really quickly. So <laughs> so you had a bit of a, a distraction campaign. Yeah, we didn't go into it with that. It just happened to work Decoy. that way. And we are so thankful. And I really think that's why in the meantime, we got a new city manager and he is by far the best thing that's happened to our city. John Baumgartner, amazing man. An amazing last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Now from the last like handful of minutes, I've noticed a trend of a lot of hate towards what you would think would be something that's welcome with open arms. How come people in general are so, at least in that area, so against a park for dogs? I think, I don't think I've ever really met more than maybe a handful of people that really don't like dogs. So what was, I know you kind of touched on it and it was, it seemed it was because they wanted to be focused on kids instead and not just a dog park. But what do you feel like, what do you feel like the real reason they were picketing, picketing you picketing. Okay, well, at these, a park? These same people who picketed us also um, fought. We have a park in um, downtown district, which is wonderful. It's the park that I grew up, League Park. Hmm. And um, they redid, it's called the Boundless Playground. They redid the entire playground equipment so that it's wheelchair accessible. And it cost us a million dollars, which is a lot of taxpayer dollars. Um, but those same people who picketed the dog park and didn't want the dog park also fought that playground. So I don't think it has anything to do with amenities and pleasing people and bringing people to our town. It has everything to do with tax dollars and not being able to accept change. <laughs> you know, I just... I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain age generation in our town and in a lot of, you know, good old boy southern cities in Texas and in the south in general. They just are OK with the way everything is. And they don't they they're the ones that complain about our um, traffic on the streets and why we have to have so much construction. And, you know, take Sugarland, for example. Sugarland is fabulous because we went out there with their their engineers for their dog park. I think one of the city council members showed up, their parks department, uh, a couple people showed up with us. We took our um, parks department, um, the guy in charge of it, his name is Chen Wei. And I think one other, our, the engineer with our town, he came out, drove to Sugarland with us and we looked at their park. And then we looked at the rest of their city, like their dog park was fabulous. And Sugarland, grew their like built their town for 
like the masses and then people came mm. and they don't have to keep doing construction for the most part because they they just planned ahead yeah i've uh seen something similar in the uh, suburbs of vegas where they knew that it was going to continue to grow and i'm remember thinking why are these streets why do they have so many lanes and there's like no one around yeah. here but it's just for the future it's just a different thinking of engineering it saves your tax dollars oh, and yeah. it also makes it a place that you people want to move and i understand lake city we're kind of landlocked where we are except the west side which is where the dog park is 40% of the land is undeveloped so there's plenty of room for growth but we have these people who fight change and progress and growth and i mean that's everything from fixing our drainage to building dog parks it's insane yeah. <laughs> almost half of the land is undeveloped that's insane yeah and a lot of it comes down to tax dollars and that was the number one argument that we had um, from people fighting us but it didn't matter how many times we told them not a dime of your tax dollars is going into building the park they still used it so the dog park was funded by our park dedication fund and um, I don't know if other towns have that or if it's just our, just our town, but when we have a developer come in and build a subdivision, which we've had a lot of new subdivisions pop up in Lake City over the last 10 years, um, especially on the west side because it's undeveloped, yeah. um, you know, really tapping into that west side. And I'm glad for it because I've lived there my whole life. Um, but when developers come in and they build a residential area, they either have to dedicate green land for a park or they give us a chunk of change. And most of them just give us a chunk of change. So we've had million, like several million dollars just sitting in this fund that it can only be used on public parks. It can't be used on our animal shelter. It can't be used on our roads, drainage, infrastructure, anything like that. So we were able to tap into that. And $150,000 is all that went into building that almost five acre park. Wow. And that seems say, like really well done. Yeah. 47, I think 47% of the park, all the amenities in it, every, um, every water fountain and bench out there was privately donated. So the way that we had to make this work was we had to prove to the city and to the, our city government we want this so much that we're willing to put our own money into it and our our frustration with that was we have all these parks and all of these other towns are building these parks but how many private citizens are saying we want this park so much we're going to literally pay for it and that's what happened here so so not only did you have an amazing total budget that you ended up using but then you got enough citizens in the league city area to small businesses uh, yeah. sponsor how much did you get from the sponsorship um just at ballpark i think ballpark it's probably going to be maybe give or take eighty thousand dollars so you paid for over half the park yeah every sign in that park was um donated by a uh, business in league city hmm. every bench has somebody every That's trash crazy trash can every poop bag dispenser has a business or a nonprofit or an individual's name on it because they donated it man i think the best best company if that company is listening to me to sponsor the poop removal one there, i know there's a lot of companies out there that do poop removal in people's mm -hmm. yards that would be like the perfect the I mean, we're building a second park, That'd so a spot. I mean, we're gonna have more poop dispenser bags. I think the so. one I use is called Duty Calls. So I'll have to let <laughs> I think them. My know. neighbor uses that. It's 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 I it's one of the services I don't think I can ever do without. <laughs> really? Because now that <laughs> now that I know that exists, I'm like, it's oh so my nice. god, that's so amazing. How big is your dog? 
uh, I have two dogs. So I have one, uh, Cody, he's the older, older gentleman. And he's, uh, he's about 60, 65. And then Kylie is uh, about 45. So, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely (laughs) not small pebbles. That's for sure. (laughs) Definitely not small pebbles. Going back to the budgeting though, which is still wild that you guys got donated over half of that. What, what, well, first of all, what percentage was when you originally were thinking, because you were saying it was a dime out of the tax dollars. Not a dime. It was not a dime. Not a dime. It, there was no dime out of the tax dollars until we oh, had not to, a single dime. Not a single dime okay. because it came out of that park dedication fund, oh, which was funded by you. developers. Yeah, I was a little, had a little misthought there because I was thinking that you originally proposed it and then knew about the fund. So, no. I, so after the fund, zero dollars came out. Yeah, and even our engineers, everything was in-house. Oh, wow. Yeah. So aside from doing everything in the house, what other th- practices did you guys put into motion that made sure it was so cheap? Because that sounds really cheap to me. I don't know about parks, but that sounds cheap. <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> cheap. And um, well, we spent a long time looking for companies that would do um, all of the amenities that we needed, the park benches and everything, and trying to find the best price for that. We would go and seek out small businesses to um, donate these items, to you know purchase a bench, put your name on it. It's you know advertisement that way. And every every piece of material that's in that is 100% recycled, built out of 100% recycled material, and then it has a lifetime warranty. So as long as that park exists, your park bench with your name is going to be in there. Um, all of the fundraising that we did, we did so much fundraising, vendor events, um, brick. We did a brick drive. So before the park opened, you could purchase a brick that mm. had, you can go pick out a symbol of it and then you like put a quote on it. So when we literally did everything that we could, it, it came down to pennies and dimes. Oh, that's epic. Yeah. It was a lot of work. Yeah. Well worth it though. Yeah. Well, the smile on your face says it all. <laughs> so <laughs> how... <laughs> At- at the at the end of it all, when it, you finally got it done, I was I was not going to ask how how relieved were you, but like when you look look back on it, what because you're gonna you're gonna have this the second time now, but what would you have done differently, and what have you really learned from it? Where you're like, okay, that was dumb, or this was super smart, or this is something that I would change and. Because I'm sure you're bringing it to the next park. You're all, all that experience. Well, the second park's like, it's just breezy. It's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. It's just like, it's epic. It's amazing. Um, I think I would try, and it's really hard to not, but I think I would try to not get so emotionally involved because the people who were fighting, I mean, they pulled up my my personal business. They were pulling up everything that they could get their hands on. They were trying to prove that we were shady people and we were like fundraising to keep the money and oh like all this God. crazy stuff. And like, it's the most insane stuff that you could think of. And it all, it hurt me. It hurt my heart because I had this massive group of people who were teachers and business owners and, you know, worked full time moms that stay at home moms that raised their families who were meeting with us at nine o'clock at night to figure out what our next move was after they had put their kids to school, after they had graded papers. And so for all of us that we all worked full time and this was a second full time job dealing with all this red tape and trying to make this movement for our city. And so when they attacked us personally, it 
it it hurt. It really hurt to the core. And it also disappointed me about my city and the the track that we were on. So I wish I could say that I wouldn't let it get to me so personally, but it's almost impossible. And yeah. as far as doing everything right, I I think our best thing that we did was surround ourselves with really strong volunteers who were not going to take no for an answer. And then That's we got the, the voice from social media. We had a strong social media campaign. And I, I think the city just couldn't say no after that. <laughs> we we, we put, put them into a corner yeah. they couldn't back out of. That's crazy that they thought you would be scamming because you were saying how all of the politicians didn't want it because it wasn't related to kids. And if you're <laughs> if you were actually scamming, the path of least resistance would be like, let's get something approved easily. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why would people, I choose the hardest thing? I know that always makes no sense, and people don't really think past their nose, right? Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, obviously, you said you got really emotionally into it. Was there a time where you're like? I don't, I don't think I could do this anymore. Oh, all the time. All the time. Oh, I, I'm very thin-skinned. And, you know, when people start attacking my mom because she co-founded this mm -hmm. with me and it, uh, seeing my friends get targeted, like, it just, mm -hmm. it hurts. I'm not designed for that. I'm not designed for politics. And mm -hmm. um, luckily, right around that time, we had um, one specific city councilman. His name is Nick Long just like gung-ho all these amazing last names by the way <laughs> Keep going. he's 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 good he's yeah. really good we we support him in a lot of things and he him and his wife were like yep we're gonna support the dog park they were out there taking pictures doing live live streams and things started to get a little bit easier after that so once you got a councilman on your team it was kind of yeah and the mayor the mayor got elected and he was really good at um helping ease some things the problem was we had council members going back and forth they would say oh yes you have my support and then like turn right around and do some shady stuff yeah yeah <laughs> so do you think you can help me get the mayor of league city on here absolutely awesome absolutely awesome. All, I, very nice man i thought it would be really cool to get some of the mayors from the different smaller towns and uh, yeah you may have to go to him but yeah I'm if okay. you're mobile, do it. I'm I'm okay with that. We could definitely do that. You know, I'll make we have, the connections. Uh, we have. I mean, I would love for him to be here because we got all the setup. But when we started, we had. Well, he's he's in a wheelchair, so yeah, we we'll, do have to keep that in mind. Well, we'll make it. I think there's there's ramp accessibility right. here. <laughs> I think per code, it has to be that way. Well, <laughs> but uh, that that would be awesome if he did come in here. But uh, but if not, if it's more comfortable for him, we have lapels and. Those those are mobile. <laughs> so I'll, I'll work on Mayor we'll Halsey. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, no, that's super cool. So you got the second one coming, coming on. You said that the whole process is a lot smoother, and uh, I mean it's not without its kinks. But well, of course, getting of it course, approved of was. Uh, you did say it took eleven months from the okay on the last one. Uh, what's the time frame on this one? We don't break ground until next year. Um, and that's also because they took a portion of land that's already connected to a kind of like our community center mm -hmm. and they are doing a big 5K loop around it. And so the dog park is gonna be inside of it. So now we're dealing- That's amazing. We're, yeah, it's very smart. Um, <laughs> the idea is very smart and a good use of the land, but we're dealing with the engineers of the 5K loop and the engineers of the dog park. And I don't think any of, those design teams that have ever designed any of those two things. Okay. I mean, so it's just like, it, it, so these engineers that we've worked with, especially the ones that are not in-house, um, I just feel like they, because they don't, they're not, they don't, 
<sighs> words, Melissa, choose my words. They don't <laughs> utilize these types of edit. facilities. They don't understand that, you know, a wasted acre is a wasted acre and we need that. So as they're planning this 5K loop, they're putting this huge buffer between the whatever type of pavement they're running on and the fence for the dog park. And we're losing a lot of space. So that's kind of a fight. <laughs> no, that's super smart though. I mean, you gotta you gotta fight it though. It seems like through all this, if you didn't already have the skills, project management, <laughs> man, absolutely to to keep within budget too. I know obviously this is nonprofit. Your business, that uh, your family business is is for profit, but have you ever thought of kind of taking further steps into nonprofit and getting some? If you were to open another nonprofit either movement or group, because I feel like you would be exceptional at keeping under budget. What what Thank would you. that be? Uh, I would open an adoption agency. Okay, I should have just guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Foster care, adoption, all of that. It's, uh, talk about somebody who needs to learn to, adoptions are expensive. I was adopted, my sister was adopted, yeah. and there's just, there's a lot that needs to be done with that. We need more kids adopted and it needs to be cheaper. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know if you want to talk. Do you want to talk about your, your life story on that end? Yeah, sure. All right, I'm, awesome. I'm fine with whatever. Um, so I was adopted when I was two days old, and this was in the 80s, 1989, and uh, no cell phones or anything like that, and no social media. You see all these wonderful families out there saying we want to adopt, and they kind of get shared all around social media, and that's a huge way to be able to, uh, I know it sounds bad, but afford a child because... It's expensive to adopt, even in the 80s. We're talking about 10, 20, 30 grand. And um, so back then, as you do now, you tell everybody you're adopting. Like, we want to adopt. Tell somebody you know. And so my parents did that um, in the church specifically. And it was, my mom said it was seven people, seven points of contact between um, the first woman she, or between my mom and my birth mother. And one person in there said, yeah, my, my, friend's daughter's niece is having a baby. My mom, um, I don't know if she got a phone number or whatever, but my parents were headed out of town and uh, decided to stop by this woman's um, apartment, mm -hmm. hoping to like talk to her and say, can we have your baby? I mean, when you wanna be a mom and you wanna have a family, you will, you will go to extreme lengths especially if you can't physically have a child, which was my mom's case. Right. And so they stopped by this random woman's apartment. Somehow she got her information and uh, she opened up the door with me on her arm. <laughs> a little Mel. <laughs> yeah, a little video. And I was a cute baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mom said that they sat there and they talked in her apartment because they didn't know that she had already had me. And um, my birth mother had asked her a few questions and wanted to make sure that I was uh, going to a Christian family and that they had enough money to, to you know, give me a good lifestyle. And my, my dad had just bought my mom uh, one of those brand new 1989 fi red Firebirds, like just nice. the, the it car. And my mom <laughs> like showed her, I mean, we just bought that. And granted, my mom had to turn it in after that, like go get a, like a mom van. I see. And, Your mom just flexing on her. But okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they went home with me after that. And my mom and dad said that they drove home in complete silence. And it was a Friday afternoon, and so they couldn't get a hold of the attorney. And so, how does that all work? Because I, the only adoption 
that I'm even aware of, and I haven't really gone too in depth into it yet, at least, is obviously through the different associations and placement agencies and so on and so forth. So this case was literally finding someone through connections. And how how does that process work? Because I feel like, you know, what if the mom has regrets or, you know, what if, you know, there's it's it's not as clean as it should be like i feel like there's a lot yeah. of like s- small things that could be bumps uh how how did that how does that process usually work and how how should it be done correctly obviously it was done correctly <laughs> in your case well i mean it was a little shady to just like go home with me but my birth mother had just given me to my parents okay. when you so go I, I was thinking correctly because <laughs> you said about the uh you mentioned the lawyer, so I thought there was something yeah. already involved there. Um, so my parents had already hired an attorney um, to, because they had put in at every agency, and that's that's what you do. Uh, at least you did back then. Now you tend to just like go through one agency, and um, they usually have a, an attorney hired through the agency to work with you on that. Um, but it was a little bit different because private adoptions were were a lot more popular back in the '80s and early '90s. Um, so when you go through that process. It is a lot of faith and a lot of fear because before, prior to me, my parents had um, lost, in in a sense, lost two children that the birth mother had already said, two different children, two different birth mothers had already said, you can have the baby. And in one case, like the mom came out of the hospital after her child and my mom legally had had already had the baby because the paperwork was signed prior to the birth. And my mom was like, I just can't take a child from a mom who wants her child. Mm. No matter how much my mom wanted, it's just extremely emotional. You just have to have a lot of faith that you're going to get the child that was meant for you. Um, so it's it's rough. Um, and my parents, bless their heart, they spent a lot of money and a lot of time waiting. And it actually, it was amazing how it happened because I was private. And uh, they called the attorney and left a message because they didn't have his home phone number and no cell phones back then. So Monday morning, that attorney got that message and my dad went straight back to Beaumont, had my birth mother sign the papers. And it was, you know, my mom always kids that she had a go bag (laughs) ready to go to Mexico just in case anything happened because the (laughs) lawyer had always told her possession is nine tenths of the law. So if you get a baby, you know, don't steal a baby. But if you get, if a birth mother gives you the baby, then you have that and we're going to use that to your advantage. Mm. And so my case got pushed through really quickly because we had an amazing attorney. Um, and then my parents were also going through an agency, a different agency at the same time. And 12 days later, 14 days after I was born, they called her and said, we have a, a little girl here at the hospital for you. The mom wants to here's your baby and so my mom my parents got two babies at the same time uh, wow we're 14 days apart that's crazy that's yeah. crazy uh the the original situation where the birth mother did not want to had second thoughts how often do you think that happens how do you how often more often than people would like to admit and yeah. you can't blame them i mean we're, we're my husband and i are try, right now trying to have a baby and i can't can't even imagine you know giving up a child but the women who do know that there's a there's a family out there who just longs and yearns for a baby and it's an amazing thing on both ends it really is yeah and that's just insanely important if that's done correctly from the beginning yeah because then if not you get into 
yeah. the foster situation. And then you also deal with uh, open adoptions and closed adoptions. And there's a, there's a lot more this day and age that I'm realizing that there's agreements between the birth mothers. It's mostly the birth mothers because usually when you give your baby up, the birth father's not involved. Um, an agreement between the birth mother and the, the family that, where they want to keep in connection and um, stuff like that. And I'm not really sure how all that works. In my case, it was just I didn't find my birth mother until... Um, Maybe like two years ago, I did my DNA and that was a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. A little crazy. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Interesting to find out though. Very much so. Uh, I always thought I was just Mexican my whole life and turns out I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, what's the breakdown? Uh, I'm about 80% a mix of English, French, Irish, um, and then a little bit of Spanish and uh, quite a bit of Native American. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I should definitely do one of those because I just assume I'm half Italian. You should. I mean, ethnically, I'm white. Oh, wow. But I'm very brown. This so is, do this it. This is correct. I, I'll have to do it. <laughs> well, obviously, you got you got the whole part uh, going and you're against just insane odds, it seems. Yeah. Our association did an amazing job. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, by the way, do you have anyone you want to call out on on this that you really want to thank for the help? Uh, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, Sandra, is. Of course. Uh, she's just well she was a politician and my dad was a politician which explains oh. a lot of like how i am how yeah. i am um and we were homeschooled so we were always in the campaign headquarters so it's just like in my blood but uh, my mom did an amazing job and our volunteers are just there's so many to name and i you know i don't want to leave anybody out but <laughs> from calling cold calling businesses to get to get awesome. donations that's to what i like to hear right there showing up to events to sell a five dollar t-shirt or a ten you know five dollar actually reverse that ten dollar t-shirt five dollar bumper sticker <laughs> like our every penny those volunteers fundraised for and it's just they're amazing they're amazing people and they've done such wonderful jobs that's that's awesome by the way before i forget uh we're where can someone, if they want to donate to the new park, yes, where can they go? Um, you can go to our website, League City Dog Park. No, League City Dash Dog Park Association dot com. I will try to do some <laughs> after production magic. And put, put that up <laughs> um, there. Dog Park for League City is our Facebook page. Yep. Um, well, it's our group. And then League City Dog Park Association is our Facebook page. And then all of those have a link to PayPal which you gotcha. can use our um, Gmail on PayPal if you want to, LakeCityDogParkAssociation at gmail.com. Awesome. Are you guys uh, selling any of the bricks? Or how is, what, is it the same situation as before with the sponsorship? Um, so this park is going to be, the second park that we're doing is going to be colorful and vibrant and bright, cut like neon colors. It's a really cool vibe we have going on. So um, it's going to be a little bit different. Everything in the first park is kind of like woodsy, green, just really peaceful, natural out there. Um, so I'm not quite sure if we've decided on the, the bricks just yet, but I do know that we have everything that you can purchase um to go into the second park from the the poop dispensers to <laughs> benches to a shade structure we really need a shade structure so they can message me find the dog park association email us my my cell phone number is out there on everything <laughs> i answer the phone for everything from my business to the dog park so just find a way and i will sell it to you well that's that's great <laughs> And I think this is going to naturally conclude it. Thank you. Thank you so much, by the way. I think that flowed really well towards the end. Thank you for 
obviously plugging it extremely <laughs> well. I feel like you have that well rehearsed. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, guys, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Of course, if you have any questions for Mel, even though there's not exactly a way to communicate on the podcast, you can, of course, go to YouTube, Texas Tea Podcast, and put it down in the comments below. And I'm sure she will be more than happy. Absolutely. I'll be trolling it, believe me. Trolling it, just like watching. (laughs) Thank you for having me on in the association. No, it was was really good. It was really interesting to hear about that whole process because, man, it was uh, quite a journey, it seemed like. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Anyways, until next time, guys. I I always feel cheesy when I say that. Until next time, (laughs) Texas Tea Podcast, where the tea is hot and the stories are cold. No, that's not the tagline. That's not the tagline. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. (laughs)